Hello. <clears throat> and good morning. The time is 4.07 a.m. in the morning. This is your host of One Step Beyond today with the creator, evangelist Dolores Williams. <clears throat> it has been a day, two days of praying, prayer and just looking for answers, just to do as much as I can as a servant. And I got the title called The Imminent Showdown Between Two Conflicts. I thought all night, prayed all night, listened for answers all night, and by the breaking of the dawn, as America began to stretch and yawn over the country, her countrymen and women, and toddlers to preteens to young adults and parents, etc., awakening to another day's grind of making a paycheck of provisions by the grace of choice. That's it right there, choice. I said every citizen should equally have a leader who served their country with dignity to do what you have been selected to do, and that is to serve the needs of all the people of that nation and not to be served. Again, I say the word choice. Choice comes with a very deep consequence and the people of God should know exactly what that means. There are many choices that we make but the reality of those choices we shall not escape the consequences of our choices. You see God is a merciful God. He's a good God. And yes, He's full of grace and love and forgiveness. But we sometimes get on the other side of the anger. And he doesn't, he doesn't think like we think, nor is His thoughts as our thoughts are. God looks at his son's sacrifice. He looks at his spilled blood on Calvary. He looks at those that his son came to die for that stuck uh, the sphere in his side when he had hung his head and gave his seven last words. He looks at all these things that he allowed his son to be sacrificed for. And it is this morning, it, I share a journey that I took laying upon my bed for these few days of praying. And, and, and asking Father 
to give me an understanding so that if there's only a hand few that is listening to the podcast, if there is one, if there is five, maybe 10, maybe 15 in America that are genuine and that yearns for the mercy over this nation. And I begin to have the experience that I have had many times. It's like I'm taken to a place and and I'm seeing the actual things that are happening, the things sometimes I'm ushered into that place that I'm 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 standing to the side with a guide and I'm seeing all these things happening and these things coming and sometimes this experience leaves you stunned sad and even yes sometimes confused the bible says that The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and a healthy fear of our Creator. We must have a healthy fear of Him because He will do, He will deliver what He says that He shall deliver. He will do what He says that He will do to those that reject him and his son. You see, there is a mighty price that has been given for all of us. And there is no reason for any of us to play holy today and rotten next week. As I was laying there and just praying and then today was a long day in meditation and listening and and just waiting to, to see and to hear what God wanted me to say in this podcast. <clears throat> a scripture came to mind from Matthew 16 and the third verse of the of the King James Bible. And it reads like this. It says, And in the morning it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and the lowering. Oh, ye hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky, but can you not discern the signs of the times? And then, I'm one of the wild children. Wow, God, that, that, is an eye-opening. That's eye-opening. What scriptures always will cause you to have a, a light bulb effect. The light will come on. The weatherman can give us a broadcast of the weather and tell us when uh, Hurricane Helen is coming and all the hurricanes and, and the weathers and the storms but they cannot peer 
through the vastness of the biospheres and the the hemispheres and tell the sign of the times. You see, the eve of destruction is flirting with the United States of America. Why? The large true people must proclaim and enforce and become a part of voting. Yes, voting. Voting is in the Bible and it tells us as Christians that we should vote. Now, from the choices of America in past pretense and and I don't think that we as a body of Christ and of children post-destined in eternity to be with God, I think we need to take a different stance on who we vote for and what we're looking for in those that are voting for. You see, a super powerful nation has become a nation of disease and uh, an epidemic of viral infections that has been spooned through storms of lies that has brought many down and thousands has had to bury their loved ones because of a crippling disability of ruthlessness with no compassion or respect for human lives making the oath of promise about self and not about all people. A nation cannot survive up under this scrutiny. The the wrath of the Lord is coming upon those nations. And this episode of the podcast is what I've gotten from two days of praying and, and waiting for an answer. You see, Jesus may not be on the ballot ticket, but his people must be able to spiritually gather and say enough for injustice and see the handwriting on the wall isn't just a man's doing, but an old evil spirit of ancient past that is Lucifer. Satan is the prince of the air. He He's in the world and he is definitely sitting up on his own throne to take his own children with him. You see, to divide, causing chaos and remembering to the electoral vote that suppressed the law of order for ordinary citizens, privileged gifts for the rich and well-to-do while the mediocre, meaning the commonplace and low-income, suffer while a Congress becomes stenomous block by trickery and project greed and self-driven agendas. It was like when I was laying on my bed, I was hearing a crowd in ancient Rome being there in an era too of political unrest. Jesus was before Pilate and a flash mob 
of people under a hypnotic influence of evil chanting and twisted faces, seeing an innocent man who stood for equality in a herd of malevolent, uh, meaning malicious, spiteful, wicked, nasty, mean, an era where two certain groups had no voice. Then, slipping into another stage of horrific horror, laying up on my bed, I I was there seeing the, hearing the moaning and the, 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 seeing Hitler's terror of killing humans first, then their ethnicity of Jewish bloodlines. What did all this mean? Uh, uh, coming at me so fast and here again back in the era for which I'm living Uh, to a hard birthing of a political reign of uncertainty where a group of people are tired a thick presence of evil so advanced and bold outright defiance of constitutional laws of the land are trampled up under the feet. This pandemic or epidemics of what has taken place in the past, it too is an era of woe. A nation of full of evangelicals and a nation of praying people. There is something more sinister behind the man and the men in office. In the past and right now in the present where we are standing in this hour. You see, the awakening is to test what we've seen so far by Scripture. Test the Spirit by the Spirit. And then I was led to these scriptures. After seeing all this, hearing all this, and then feeling the time of that era, I could not sit down and do the podcast because I was just in awe, grief-stricken. And all the voices again in the world, all the voices, how could it be so that a human and that humans can be so indwelled and being used as a host of error? And these, these scriptures are very, very, very clear. They have much clarity in them. The first scripture is asking in 2 Chronicles, the 19th chapter, and the second verse. And it asks, Should you help the wicked and love those who hate the Lord? Therefore, the wrath of the Lord is upon you. Then in 2 Samuel 23 and the third verse, it says, He who rules over men must be just, ruling in the fear of God. How many of those that have been in office and is yet standing in the White House today understands that? 
Then, in the next scripture that was given to me, it was Exodus 18 through 21. And it says, Moreover, you shall select from all the people able abled men such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, and, and place such over them to be rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens. And I sit back and I said, wow, glory be to God, there's the answer. Again, Jesus may not be on the ballot ticket, but he's using our mouths and he's using our feet and he's using our legs and our hands. The people are instructed. The Lord's people are instructed to test the spirit of a leader over a nation and God's people. And then there, I was giving Psalms... (coughs) The ninth <clears throat> nine through seventeen, the wicked the wicked shall be turned into hell, and all the nations that forget God. Wow! Again, I sit up on my bed, came into my office, and it was just clear. The worldly, carnal-minded, are in love with the world's view. Breaking up with what the world offers is hard to do. So who is to grasp the familiar climate of an autumn election? Autumn doesn't just mean the seasonal autumn, but there is an autumn, spiritual autumn. It is a time, everything under the sun, there is a time. And autumn represents the dying of summer. It represents the dying of old things that has reached its full brim. It is a time for becoming new. It is a time for the refreshing of our spirits. It is a time to walk away from what we have been awakened to with an eye, wide eye revelation. You see, the prophecy is unfolding and people are going on like business as usual. This isn't a normal thing that is taking place, nor has it been a normal leadership in the past to the future and to the present. There is something much more sinister and the war isn't about mere man, but it is the presence of what is guiding man. It is a brewing of evil warring against God and his people. 
what we have seen for the last length of days of that which has was to come is here. It's a surreal, dreamlike, bizarre, unordinary time, a dastardly, dishonorable, and shameful and immoral era, and a pandemic of spiritual pastimes, but now we're actually seeing and feeling going through the unrest again that word called choice. Choice. As a nation, what have we, the people, done up to this point? Up to this point, and it is a very serious stage that we're in at the present, the absence of conflict resolution. There has been a mob psychology of chaos. Uh, It has been substituted with mobs of divide, encouragement to make what has been broken for certain culture culture groups great again, a cryptic code to inflict and subdue and overcome. America is flatlining due to leaders that have been chosen to serve but seek to be served. It is the duty of nations to obey God regardless who is over that nation, regardless who is If you're rich or if you're in between, it doesn't matter. The the, the nation must obey God. We must obey God. And those nations, those nations that do not adhere To the word of God. Like I said before, we are not our own. We're in a a dimension that doesn't belong to any of us. And we must go back. The mission that is before us this November, we must be a people of God with a duty in our hands, in our hearts, in our minds to realize that it is our duty as a people that say that they love the Lord It is our duty to take up the assurance of God's victory over enemies of the state and of the nation. You see, God has given his people, he has given his people an eye to see and ears to hear 
And there is value in the vision that God has given us. We must not be seeking to put people in office that will only be for a certain group of people. We must even pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Psalms 122, the city has had its share of battles, yet it is still central in the hearts of Jews and Christians as we look to the Lord for mercy and and ultimate deliverance. This is the part one of the episode. We must evaluate our thinking. We must understand the lessons of leadership. And God is at work behind leaders that have some type of consciousness of him, of, of that his breath is ordered by the Lord. It is not the alarm clock that they sit on their nightstands to be awakened the next morning to get up whether he's good, whether there is a good deed that's in him, or whether there is the voice of God that is in him, whether he has a conscience or not. His breath is ordered of the Lord. The alarm clock doesn't awake leaders, and they must understand that. But then there are some that would not understand it if you did a a lobotomy. We are flirting America. We all are flirting with destruction of this nation. And we If it's only one person with courage, that one person is a majority. You see, all we've heard is chaos. The theory of chaos. A country or a nation isn't destroyed on the outside until it has been ripped, torn, and reduced within, stripped of courage, fed hatred of one group against another and administrated uh, and, and, uh, uh, an administration of unrest and forced fed concepts of brutal blows of dictatorship. This is how dictatorship is born. And then comes the death grip of total destruction. Men fearing a man is mental imprisonment. How can so many men be afraid of one man? This is not normal. There is something behind the backdrop. Something behind the backdrop. And and I think that as a people of God, we need to pray and ask to, to be given the eyes to see and the courage to speak up 
and the boldness to take a stand against leaders that get up and try to take over a nation with brutal force. We must not succumb to this. We must be careful who we put in office and we are told to vote and to test the spirit by the spirit. And with that, I give you this of what I experienced today that we may make a solemn promise Again, we must go back and wherever we went wrong on the road of direction, we must ask for forgiveness. This America that we're living in is flirting with total destruction. We must pray. We must become uh, a gathered group of people. White, black, green, blue, yellow, mahogany, chestnut, browns, and whatever. We must be blind of color and we must see the, the heart of beauty of justice, desiring justice for all and not just for some people. You know, the tree, we will know the tree by the fruit that it bears. And with this, I'm going to end part one. And I will be giving you part two with a breakdown, a total breakdown of what to look for in our leaders. You know, the leader of any nation or country, even to governments, uh, leaders in government, our politicians are not given office to be served, but there are giving and has taken an oath to serve all with equality, equally, and with justice. That justice comes from God as He has given the law of the land. And the law of the land must have mercy. The law of land is not given a license to murder people and to become terrorists and You know, I mean, God is angry with America. He is very angry with her. He's angry with America and her inhabitants. And it's time for a change. The stench has reached heaven. And a change is coming. And we all must accept our part in the sin of commission and the sin of omission. No matter how small it is. And we need to check 
our own salvation. Until we meet again, be a blessing. Hug someone and tell them that you love them. Sit down on the edge of your bed and go over the scriptures that I gave you and see where you have actually stood in the past to the present. May God forgive us all and hear our pleas to raise up this nation before it's too late. In Jesus' name, amen.